you pass the point of weary? Is your burden weighing heavy? Is it all too much to carry? Let me tell you about my Jesus. Do you feel that empty feeling? Cause shame's done all it's stealing. Are you desperate for some healing? Let me tell you about my Jesus. He makes a way when there ain't no way. Rises up from an empty grave. Ain't no sinner that he can't save. Let me tell you about my Jesus. His love is strong and his grace is free. And the good news is I know that he can do for you what he's done for me. Let me tell you about my Jesus. And let my Jesus change your life. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Amen. You can wipe away the tears from broken dreams and wasted years until the past to disappear. Oh, let me tell you about my and all the wrong work you would going undo if you could who can work it all for your good let me tell you about my jesus he makes a way when there ain't no way rises up from an empty grave ain't no sinner than he can save let me tell you about my jesus his love is strong and his grace is free and the good news is i know that he can do for you what he's done for me let me tell you about my jesus let my jesus change your life hallelujah 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 amen amen take my cross to calvary pay the price for all my guilty who would care that much about me let me tell you about my jesus oh he makes a way when there ain't no way rises up from an empty grave ain't no sinner that he can't save let me tell you about my jesus his love is strong and his grace is free and the good news is i know that he can do for you what he's done for me let me tell you about my jesus and let my jesus change your life hallelujah 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 amen amen to you today and we just want to thank you so much for being here with us but we just pray that we would lift you up today lord help us to do that we pray god for all those that are not here and for all those um, that are facing hard times during these holidays lord we just want to remember you though lord and all you've done for us uh, lord we pray for brother daryl as he delivers your word today speak to our hearts in jesus name i pray amen
God's own death room Guilty in the first degree Son of God hanging on a hill Hell was my destiny The Christian crucified Could have come from these lips of mine The dirty shame was killing me It would take a miracle to wash me clean When I read the red letters And the ground began to shake The prison walls started falling And I became a free Lightning hit my veins My dead heart began to beat Breath of God filled my lungs And the Holy Ghost awakened me Yeah, the Holy Ghost awakened me When I
You are here, moving in and out of midst. I worship you. I worship you. You are here. I worship you. I worship you. You are here, moving in and out our midst. I worship you. I worship you. You are here, working in this place. I worship you. I worship you. You are waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God. That is who you are. You are waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God. That is who you are. You are here, touching every heart. I worship you. I worship you. You are here, healing every heart. I worship you. I worship you. You are here, turning lives up around. I worship you. I worship you. You are here, mending every heart. I worship you.
Stop working, you never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working, you never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God. That is who you are. You are waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God. That is who you are. 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 That is who keep saying every week that uh, we're taking a break from the book of Hebrews. I just don't think ahead enough. Every week seems like something comes up, and so we're still taking a break from the book of Hebrews. Dee Dee and I will be uh, on vacation this week, and so uh, Brother Larry Loggins will be preaching for us next week. And I was going to say I promise the week after that, that we'll get back to the book of Hebrews, but it kind of goes along with the message I want to tell you this morning. I don't know that. <laughs> I don't know that. I know that's my plan and my intention. So this is the last Sunday of the year, and obviously leading into the first uh, of next year, first of 2022. 
So uh, this, uh, this is a message just kind of thinking about that, thinking about the year we've been through and the year uh, coming up. And I just want to take one verse as the text. We'll look at quite a few, but one verse as the text, Jeremiah 29 and 11. A lot of you know that verse very well. So, several of you have told me over the years that this is one of your favorite verses, Jeremiah 29 11. I'm going to do an intro to this a little more, a little longer than I usually do, and then we'll read the text, and the text will make more sense to you, I hope. So I want you to think about yourself and what's going on with you and your life, and what do you think is going to happen next? What do you think is going to happen next? What do you think God's going to do in 2022? I didn't mean to make that rhyme, but it does. What do you, uh, let's just say I meant to. What do you think God's going to do in 2022? What do you think is going to happen next? What do you think you're going to do uh, this next year? What's your plan? How do you think it's going to turn out? Do you ever think about that? I think, I think you think about that some. Maybe you think about it a lot. What do you think is going to happen next? What do you think God's going to do? And so anyway, thinking along those lines and uh, the kind of the go-to story that I've used over the years is a, uh, a leadership conference that I went to s s several years ago. So at the conference, uh, what we're supposed to do, they are leaders, every, everybody there are leaders in their church. And so what the, the, we're supposed to do is kind of a working class, and the, uh, we're instructed to, we're get, all of us are given two worksheets, and one of them, we're supposed to take this back to our churches. One of them is working toward a five-year goal. I'm supposed to, uh, some of you are saying, I don't remember ever doing this because we never did this, all right? But anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, supposed to work toward a five-year goal. And the worksheet and the church is supposed to meet and work on the five-year goal. Okay, then you get the five-year goal done, you're supposed to start on a 10-year goal. This is what we're going to do. This is our 10-year goal. So work on the 5 and work on the 10. And I'm sitting there thinking the whole time, this doesn't work. You know, this, now, I never raised my hand and said, this doesn't work. But I felt, and, and I went through it, and I, I, I acted like I was going to do it. You know, and of course, you remember that we never did it, and I never told you about it because it's not going to work. Okay. The interesting part of the story is not that. The instructor of the class, and, and I was very respectful because he's a real good friend of mine, and I wasn't going to raise my hand and say, oh, this doesn't work. So he's a real good friend of mine, and I let him go through the whole thing, and, and he had worked on a five-year plan for his church, and he said, we just got through with the five-year plan, and now we're working on a 10-year plan, and I want you to do this with your church. Okay, that's how it went. He goes back to his church, and in a month or two, he resigns. Okay, so he's not there. So what happens to the five-year plan? The ten, nobody even knows anything about it. Okay, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Five-year plans and ten-year plans don't work. Why? Because we have no idea what's going to happen next, do we? Haven't, hasn't the last couple of years just proved to us that we can plan and uh, absolutely nothing? This is not an anti-plan message, all right? This is not, you shouldn't plan, you shouldn't, you know, pre pre prepare. It's not that at all. 
but we do the best we can and ultimately we just don't know we just don't know so that's where Jeremiah 29 11 comes in and actually I'm just going to use like the first sentence or two and on the screen is going to be the NIV ver version uh, so God is talking to Jeremiah in his day I, I understand that and I want you to understand that God's talking to, to Jeremiah in his day in the nation of Israel they're in, under captivity at this time so God tells them I think what he's telling us too for I know the plans and the, the King James says thoughts means the same thing I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord all I, will, all I really want to use out of that is the first part of that sentence for I know the plans I have for you Okay. if you're looking at your outline and there is a, an outline on the back side of your announcements you'd like to use that okay just that simple word I know God speaking I know do you know what's going to happen next year I don't what's God say I know I do know. God does know. I think we used this uh, a week or two ago. God's not, God's not uh, adjusting. He's not seeing how things turn out and then do this. He's not waiting to see what you do and then do that. One uh, pastor friend of mine, I cannot believe he said this and I cannot believe he thinks this because I have so much respect for him except when it comes to this he was uh, teaching a preaching class and one of the things he tried to teach us was this when you've prepared what to preach always have something else in your pocket so to speak always have another another message ready so because somebody might walk through the door that God's not expecting can you believe that? Now, I figured the whole congregation should right then and said, boo, that's not true. I cannot believe he said that. Because somebody may walk through the door that God's not expecting. Now, there may, there's always people walking through the door that I'm not expecting. But I am not going to change what God's told me to say because somebody walks through the door that I'm not expecting. That's, uh, that's crazy, okay? And we don't do that, and we don't teach that. God knows. He's not guessing. He's not changing the message according to who's here and who, you know. He, he, he's not doing that. God knows. And he tells Jeremiah what he's telling you. I know. I know. And so our job is to go with what God no. So the first part is, you know, it's simple. And uh, we're going to put it on the screen. You can turn in yours. You can look at the screen. Psalm 119, 105. So God knows. So I'm trying to tap in to what God knows because I don't know. Since I don't know, God does know, I'm trying to tap into what God knows. Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Right there. 
I'm not saying that it's impossible for God to tell you five or ten years out what he's going to do. He certainly does at times. He certainly can at times. And he certainly might at times tell you what's going to happen five or ten years out. I'm going to tell you, for me personally, that's probably happened maybe one time. Okay? Worksheet or no worksheet. And getting with the church and working on the worksheet, I'm telling you, does not work. Okay? Either he revealed, the, God's will is revealed. It's not found. It's revealed. He must show you. Now, I search for it. And I seek for it. But until he reveals it to me, I will not find it. I'm not, going to find the, 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 I'm not going to find the will of God by trying harder. It's revealed to me. And one of the ways it's revealed to me is through his word. So what I want you to see from that verse, Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. It's the next step. It's not three miles down the road. What's the old saying that your mom taught you? You can't cross a bridge three miles before you get to it. Okay? You can only cross a bridge when you get to it. That's simple, but that, that is exactly what that verse is saying. That the word of God is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. This step, let me back up a little bit or I'll walk off the, st off the stage. This step and then this step. You get it, and then this step. So today, this afternoon, and we'll see about tomorrow. And if tomorrow gets here in the morning, then what we're going to do at lunch, you get the drift. The word of God is for this step, for this day, for this time. And it's not wrong to plan ahead, but we don't know that ahead's ever going to get here. And so the encouragement to us is, is God knows, I don't, so I'm walking with him step by step. What do we do? What do we do? You walk with him step by step. His word is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. Now, if you're looking, out, looking at your outline, the, so the word of God, just real, real quick. The Word of God by reading, of course, by listening, listening to what you read, and listening to what God is saying around you, and then by watching, and in that order. And we've, if you remember, in the book of, book of Hebrews, talks about the Word of God a lot. Now, it's so, it is the written Word, but it's so much more than that because when the writer of Hebrews, if you'll, rec if you'll recall this, when the, when, the, when the writer of Hebrews talks about the Word of God, they didn't have the written Word of God like we do. So the Word of God is so much more than just the written Word of God. It's the speaking of God. This is what God, not only what God feels, but what he thinks. This is who God is. It's the speaking Word of God, God speaking to us. It is the written Word of God. So we find out the Word to light my path by reading his Word. Read it fast and read it slow. Read it fast, read it a lot, 
Read it fast and then read it slow. Now, we read the Word of God fast, but what are, what are we doing this morning? We're taking Jeremiah 29, 11, but just the first part. God says, I know the plans I have for you. That's all we're doing. So we're reading it fast, and we're reading it slow. We're taking the verses. Really, what is God saying to us? What does God mean? What is God trying to tell me? Okay, so it's to read God's word, read it fast, read it slow, and then we're listening. What did God say? But we're listening to what's going on around us too, in accordance with what God has written. We're, we're, we're listening for what other people say. We're listening for what God might say to me. I was thinking about that, and I've just got a whole long list. I don't know if, I, I, I don't think I'm the only one in the room, but you're having a conversation with someone, and they say something, and it just, it's like, that's the Word of God. That's the Word of God. That's, it sticks with you. It, uh, I, I don't, I'm just, I'm, I'm struggling with other ways to say it. But just in a conversation, somebody says something, they didn't really, they didn't, when they're talking to you, they don't say, now listen, this is the word of God. They don't talk like that. They just say something, but it sticks with you. I was uh, in a conversation with a lady who uh, was, was very ill and uh, uh, afraid she was going to die. And I cannot get this out of my head. And it's changed the way I do things and the way I present things and the way I talk to folks. But she took me by the hand. She looked me in the eye because she's afraid she's going to die. And she said, do you believe what you preach? Do you really believe what you preach? I mean, I mean they take you by the hand and they look you in the eye. Do you really believe what you preach? She really wanted to know. Do you really believe what you preach? Now, the knee-jerk reaction for me to say, well, sure I do, you know. That's not what she needed. So what I did, she, she took me by surprise. Do you really believe what you preach? And I took a moment, and I asked myself that. Do I really believe what I preach? Really? I mean, see, because what I preach is life and death, okay? It's heaven and hell, okay? That's serious stuff. Everybody's told me my whole life, stop taking everything so, so seriously. But you know what? <laughs> when you're preaching heaven and hell, life and death, you know, it's kind of hard to do. I think good advice for me, don't take myself so seriously. But what I'm preaching is serious stuff. Right? Okay. Do you believe it? She asked me. Do you really believe it? And then what? Do you really believe it? So I paused and didn't just, oh yeah. I took a minute and asked myself that. And then I looked her in the eye and said, yes. Yes, I do. I believe what I preach. He heaven and hell. I believe who Jesus is. I believe what Jesus has done. I believe that Jesus has gone to prepare a place for you and for me. Okay, and we'll, we'll get to, to the you part. 
But Jesus has gone to prepare a place for you and for me. I've never forgot that. Her question to me was the word of God. It was God speaking to me. It's very much in accordance with what he has, he has written. But it's just those, those takeouts of time when people say things and, and, and they don't know that they're even saying it. They don't know that I'm receiving it like, like that. They don't know I'm, I'm taking it like that. But I've never forgotten that and I'm sure I n- n- never will. And, and I ask myself that. Now, when you're talking to pe- people... When you're speaking to them, you need to let them know that, that uh, you believe what you're saying, you believe what you preach, but you've got to do it in a way where they know you believe it. Have you ever seen anybody preach and you're not sure if they believe what they're saying? Yes, I have. And I don't ever want to come across like that. But I, I, I want you to know that I do believe what I preach, but I, know, I want you to not only know it, I want you to feel it. I want this to be the word of God to you. Listening. And then watching, just watching around you. Now, in that order, read the Word of God first. Listen to what he's saying. Listen to what other people say. This is the Word of God to you. This is God speaking to you. And then watch what he's doing. But in that order, don't watch first. Read first. Listen next. And then watch. And and the the go-to story for that, I've used this a lot, is a story of Elijah. And they're in the middle of a drought. And God tells Elijah, God speaks to Elijah and says, rain is coming. Go out on the hilltop and watch for it. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, rain is coming. Go out on the hilltop and watch for it. If you remember the story, Elijah goes to the hilltop and looks over seven times. I'm not sure I got that right. Some, somebody can look that up. Now I'm second-guessing myself. I didn't go back and read the story. Three times or seven times, I think it's seven times, Elijah goes on the hilltop and looks for a cloud. He looks for rain. And he, and he stands up there, and he's, he's looking, and he doesn't see anything. I'm not seeing it yet. I'm not seeing yet what God has said. So he goes back and said, God, I'm not seeing it. And God tells him to go back in. I told you it's coming. But I'm not seeing it. I told you it's coming. And then I think on the seventh time, Elijah said, now I see it. Now I see it. If you go by watch, if you don't do it in order, if you go by watching first, many times you're going to walk away and say, well, I didn't see it. No, you don't do it in that order. You listen to what God's saying first, and then you watch for it, and it will come. If God has said it, it will come in his time. God knows, and I don't. So I'm, I'm allowing his word to put a light and a lamp to my feet, this step and then this step, but I've got to read, I've got to listen, I've got to watch, I've got to stay in touch with him day, day by day because I don't know what tomorrow brings, so I'm working with Jesus today. I don't know that in two weeks I'll get to preach out of Hebrew, so I'm doing the best I can right now with this one, and we'll see what two weeks bring. So there's, there's that first part, I know. The second part is you. 
I know the plans that I have for you. You. If you look uh, in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, talking about you, Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, this is God talking to Jeremiah. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified. Sanctified means to set apart. Okay, I set you apart. Uh, I ordained you a prophet to, to the nations. So before Jeremiah was in the womb, God had chosen him, set him apart, sanctified to set apart, and, and ordained, had called, whatever word you want to use, God had a plan for Jeremiah before he was in the womb. Do you know that he's got that for you? Do you know that? But the Word of God says this is how God does it with us. It's not by accident. It's not, oops, I didn't expect you. God has known you the whole time. He knew you when you were in the womb. God's not making mistakes here. He knows who you are. He's got something for you. He set something aside for you. He set you aside for something. Now it's up to us, day by day, step by step, Lord, what is it that you've got for me, for you? What is it that you've got for me? There's something that you created me for. There's a reason you made me, something to do, someone to reach. That's what it was for Jeremiah. You know what? God only made one Jeremiah. One. There's absolutely nobody ever made like him. There's absolutely no one ever made who did exactly what he did. He only made one. You know what? God only made one of you. And for some of you, I say, thank God. He only made one of you. But he only made one of you because that's all he needs to make is one of you. And there's something he set you aside for. There's something he set aside for you. He sanctified you. He has made you. There's only, only one of you's ever been made. There's never going to be anybody else like you. And God knows you personally, uh, specifically. Let's go to Psalm 139, the best chapter in the Bible to talk about this. Psalm 139, we're going to read... 1 through 6, and then 13 through 18. 1 through 6, 13 through 18. Lord, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all of my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, Matt, let's don't get, uh, I'm going to slow down right here. Before a word is on my tongue, Lord, you know it completely. What's that say? God knows what you're going to say before you do. And some of you are saying, well, then why didn't God stop me? <laughs> no, that's up to you. But, I, you know, I really can. I can picture God in heaven saying, oh, no, here it, here it comes. <laughs> you know, he's going to say it, you know. Let's move on. Before words on my tongue, Lord, you know it completely. Verse 5. You hem me in behind and before. You lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. 
too lofty to attain. You say, well, what's that mean? How does God do that? Well, you know, how does God do anything? It's, it's too much for me. Uh, so verse 13. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Who did that? God did that. Who did that? God did that. God did that. Who made you? God did that. Your parents had a hand in it. God did that. God's in charge of life. God's in charge of death. Who does that? God does that. Not you. It's not your choice. Life is not your choice. It's God's, nah, wow, I could get started on, on, on that. Life is not your choice. That's God's choice. Death is not your choice. That's God's choice. God made you. God made you. So here you are. You, you were created. In, you, God said he knit you together in your mother's womb. Next verse. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Stop right there. All the days ordained for you were written in God's book before one of them came to be. You don't know, but God can say, I know. I'm not going to guess. I'm not going to see how this turns out. I know. Okay, verse 17. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. The next verse that we, I'm not going to put on the screen is Colossians 1.16. We use that so much that you were created by Jesus and for him. Matt, let's just go ahead and put this last phrase on the, on the screen. Well, read this, but there's something else I really want to concentrate on. What you are called to, what you are made for, should eventually become the most important thing in life. That's where meaning, purpose, love, everything comes from. But here's what I want to co concentrate on. I'm going to close with this. I want you to get this. God says, I know you. And I have created you. And you are special. You are specific. You are unique. There is no one like you. And there is no one who's called to what you do. Stop trying to be someone else. It doesn't work. And everybody around you knows it doesn't work. Stop trying to be like somebody else. Stop trying to measure up to someone else. Stop trying to duplicate the calling of someone else. Stop that. God has made you specifically just the way you are. 
That doesn't mean that we can't improve. That doesn't mean God, but God has made you. There's no one else like you. Stop trying to be like them because you're not. Concentrate on the calling, the purpose that God has given you. Then do that. Then do that. Do what? Well, how do I know? Step by step. Light into my past. Step by step. God, what do you want me to do today? Me. But everybody else, you know, I'm, gonna use, I'm, I'm kind of stuck on things your mom told you. It, all your friends jump off a cliff. Are you going to jump off a cliff? You know, m- m- mom told me a lot of things. Don't play with scissors, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Don't do that. You. God made you unlike anyone else. So just be you in all that that means. Not trying to do what other people do. Not trying to be what other people are. The calling that God has given you is special. He sets you aside for something. I'm going to ask you to stand. The musicians come. This is going to be our prayer time. While the musicians are coming up, I'm going to ask you to bow your head, if you will, please. And this is where we listen. We're listening. What is the Holy Spirit saying to you? And because we're all so different, see, it's not going to be the same for any of us. Because everyone in the room is going going to be different. But what is the Holy Spirit saying to you? What is it that he would have you do? What is it that he wants you to do? What do you think God's made you for? What specific work do you think that he has designed for you? A couple things we might need to pray about is those in the room who can say, you know, I just don't know. I don't know. Then, but I need to, I, I want to know. I don't, I don't know what God wants me, but I want to know. I'm not sure what he set me aside for, ordained, sanctified me for, but I, but I want to know. But another thing that I think some of us might need to pray about, this is what I deal with. I, I, I know what God's made me for. I've been through that. I've searched that. I know what God's made me for. But you know what I do, my problem, what I struggle with, is not, I've already found out that. But I slip backward. And I try to be like somebody else and I try to be you know like this other guy and and I look at how God is doing work over here and so I want to be like that or I see what God's doing over there and I you know I want to be like that and that's not but that's not what God's called me to that's them that's what God's doing with them but not me Lord, what is it? You know, I, I already know what he's called me to. Sometimes I just need to get back to that. I just need to get back to that. This is what God's called me to. Not what's going on over there. That's what God's doing with them. Not what God's doing over here. That's what God's doing with them. But I need to find, what, Lord, what do you want to do with me? And get back to that. Because I, I slip and fall too. And I get off course. And I don't 
want to do that. that. That message right there, that's on my heart because that's what I deal with. I, I get off course. And this morning, I want to get back on course. This is what you made me for. I just want to be me. If you want to come and pray, you need to talk to the Lord about some direction. If you need to talk to the Lord about getting back on track, you just want to talk to Jesus about anything. While they play and sing, we invite you to come and pray. You are enough for me. 
You are. 